0: From all the, the following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: It's dropping six beats, they call me DJ Nana. My name is James Flippin'. This is the most American podcast ever created. Flippin' Out Radio. Alright,
0: well, oh, I got this. Okay. Alright, what well, makes me happy? He's like, you know, at at night, I ride around town in a limousine, partying, having a good time. When I'm on my way home, I pass a bum and take a balloon with some champagne in it, lob it out and beat him. He only gets a little bit in his mouth. He doesn't get the whole thing, not even a full sip of it. And you say, hey, how do you like a taste of the good life, you sack of shit? (laughs) Rumpus
1: time is over. It the is amount sad. of stuff that we pulled out of our ass last—I mean, somebody texted me about the last podcast we did, where I said something like, you know, the amount of percentage of animal kingdom sex that amounts to rape, and it's he was like, like "Where of, the fuck did you come up with that all, percentage?"
0: All it <laughs> it's all—they're not going out to dinner. <laughs>
1: um. All right. So, um, what I'll do is kind of like take that. I think what we just did—that little extra weed thing put it somewhere in the podcast but let's get back to the topics that we did set up yes as what we're going to talk about here today and um uh, heavens welcome into the most american podcast ever created uh the topics that we have for you today include yet another person beat within an inch of their life at dodger stadium staying within the sports realm christoph's porzingis formerly of the next apparently the next actually made a good decision in cutting bait with somebody because well wouldn't you know it a uh forcible rape claim came up just a couple months after they did in fact trade him uh, an equal payday rally in new york city had me in my personal hell there's an annoying fight going on amongst democrats concerning israel and we uh, going back to sports should probably discuss the fact that uh, ron darling has kind of like come out his face and told all these locker room stories that seems to me it violates a lot of unspoken code some of the stuff that he's talking about and potentially it is a resin true, and we can talk about that too. But
0: yeah, I have, I haven't, I haven't read the book, or like I'm vaguely aware that it involves Lenny Dykstra yelling a number of ethnic slurs, which sounds like it probably definitely happened.
1: There you have it. So that's uh, what we'll get into that, and so much more on this American podcast. Uh, that's not what it's called. The most American podcast ever created. Flipping Out Radio. I'm James Flippin', He's Mike Montone. Howdy. <laughs> And, uh, you know, heavens, welcome in. Uh, Again, so Dodger Stadium, man, I don't really know what the deal is here, but this is like a fucking awful, awful place. This is like a hell-on-earth, you know, overpriced parking, I'm sure, overpriced concessions. Uh, You know, you go there and you watch a baseball game, which that's always good, but... What the fuck is it with all this violence that what happens ha- in the locker room, uh, locker room, the, the parking lot of Dodger Stadium? What has
0: been happening, and how is it any worse than Philadelphia? Okay, is, is probably the two questions that
1: that's uh, that's fair, and I appreciate the question I, because I've spent time the- in in Philadelphia. But no, I'm yeah. serious. This this whole Dodger Stadium thing, it's like scary. I don't know if it's like, you know, the Latin Kings or some kind sort of like kind of gang activity going, type thing. Going to
0: baseball games now.
1: I guess so, because it's like, you know, really nasty violence that happens. And and I'm not talking about like drive by shootings. I'm not talking about like, you know, stabbings or whatever. Yeah. But people, people are getting knocked the fuck out, out of each other. Out. Yeah. And what happened was this most recent situation. Um, and of course, we've heard about this one in the past. People have gone to jail for a long time for this kind of thing, not meaning to kill somebody. This guy got punched, fell, hit his, his head, head, yep, and now he's in the hospital, very seriously hurt. Um, you know, uh, questions about like what the rest of this guy's life is going to be. And you heard about, of course, uh, years ago, the whole Brian Stowe thing—that the Giants fan that got that, beat, uh, shit, yeah, that the, era, you know, beat yeah. the sh- fuck uh, sh- shit out of him out of uh, you know at this Dodger Stadium thing. So they've apparently beefed up security you know, uh, supposedly increased lighting and made it somewhat better. But, you know, it, it's just for some reason this particular parking lot has like an outsized number of awful, violent incident, incidents. And I, I don't get it. I don't know why you'd think that baseball, of all the sports, would be like a relatively tame crowd. Yeah. But um, like this shit seems to happen, uh, you know, not that rarely. So I really don't know what's all what that's all about. I'd love to know more. <laughs> oh, there goes my phone. But um, fumble. Yeah, fumble. But uh, the whole Dodger Stadium thing. Awful.
0: Um, yeah, I've, I, I know about that Giants fan that got his uh, his ass kicked, but I was uh, I was somewhat oblivious to this. I mean, is this other than this most recent incident and that one? Are there like more to fill it yeah, in? Yeah, there's or? more.
1: I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I, I know that it kind of pops up every now and then um but they went so far as to and i'm sure a lot a lot of it was in kind of like you know public response to uh, the whole brian stowe thing but they did go so far as to beef up their security there they definitely took steps to um you know try and make it safer but i I don't know I, i i remember reading at the time it's potentially something to do with the fact that it is pretty dark there it's a really spread out like you know Almost the kind of parking lot that you used to picture with like old school stadiums. And again, Dodger Stadium is one of the older. Yeah, uh, I'm
0: envisioning like the old Shea Stadium. Exactly. Parking lot. Yeah. Just
1: like that. And of course, you know, City Field has that to an extent too. But even where it is now, it's a little bit more disjointed, the, the parking. And it doesn't have like those just like my, you know, like what seems like row after row after row of every now and then a little island of, of light. And, you know. Uh, yeah. more like a giant stadium too, you know, like that type of yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: cities kind of, I feel like everything's kind of, for the most part. It's and more very, and more,
1: con- these stadiums are being built contained. in downtown areas where, you know, you are kind of fitting into a footprint that yeah. doesn't have a lot of footprint traffic or you know rather um actual car traffic or whatever it may yeah, be you've got people taking mass transit to the game or whatever it may be i was
0: gonna say city field it seems like there's a very natural flow of people off of the uh yeah the bridge by the seven train there i guess maybe that's it. it i guess the, maybe it's uh, the
1: way the flow of traffic happens at dodger stadium Plus, uh, i
0: mean that i've never been to city field when there wasn't a just massive nypd presence right all over the place right
1: yeah, maybe they're not as good about that with, with Dodger Stadium's parking lot. I don't know. It, it, look, I'll say this. If we happen to have a listener in L.A. or somebody who's been to a Feel game at Dodger fucking, Stadium, yeah. yeah, email me I'm at flippingoutradio at gmail.com and let me know what it is that makes it so crazy there. Um, speaking of crazy, so the story breaks that Christops Porzingis, allegedly, after having torn his ACL— Raped a woman that lives in his lived in his building in New York. Yeah.
0: What did he like hobbled down the hall? And uh... Uh,
1: so the story goes that he was like talking to her and that she wanted. Look,
0: I'm just going to put it out there. Everything
1: that I say, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know either one of these people. I haven't. I haven't looked at the uh, detectives facts on the case. But it sounds like this woman's full of shit and basically that she's a shakedown artist because apparently she said that she was going to come up there and get something signed by him. And then she went up there and then that led to, you know, them having sex. And then the uh, the story comes out that apparently they had dated or something and that she left his fl- her flip flops up there and she wants her flip flops back and oh he said he would pay for her co- uh, brother's college $68,000 there's a, a, a note from him supposedly where his his name is spelled wrong it's like come on I, th- this whole situation it, and look maybe I'm totally permanently scarred by the Jussie Smollett thing and, and always will be but as I was reading it I was like this sounds like a fucking shakedown
0: the The big, the big problem, as I see it, is raping someone when you have just torn your ACL. Yeah. That's, because you hear all these stories, I mean, I I see a million DCPI sheets every day, and so many of them are woman fights off would-be attacker, woman fights off rapist, woman jumped down the street, fights off. So a lot of women are successfully fighting off these guys who are presumably... Uh, attacking with the element of surprise on two perfectly good knees. And uh, Mr. Porzingis here, uh, she goes to his place where he is laid up with a freshly torn ACL and still manages to force himself upon her.
1: Yeah, and I think that the way, again, if I'm just allowing my brain to uh, walk out like the, well, why would she say that? What? How? How would this formulate itself whatever maybe she's thinking allegedly that the drug use like the painkiller use would explain the uh behavior that you wouldn't expect from somebody like this oh he's always a nice guy but he he was
0: on painkillers from a freshly torn acl again he would be laying just laying on the fucking couch in like la la land right being on painkillers does not, it's not like the painkillers are made up of some sort of combination of, of meth and Viagra, <laughs> where it just it turns you into this, like, lustful monster, yeah. and you're gonna pin down the next thing that comes it comes across your path. It would be, like, the exact opposite, like, moving, if you've ever done anything to to a ligament, then you know that once that shit is shot, you're not getting any movement out of it without screaming, screaming yeah. pain. Yeah, um, Dam- I
1: damaged some ligaments.
0: Have you? I, oh yeah, um, my uh, left shoulder here, the uh, acromion uh, cl- uh, clavicular. Um, my sophomore year of high school uh, during a football game, and I could not, I couldn't get equipment off of me without like I had to like, you know, hold the arm and like d- it was like a twenty minute pr- process yeah. getting. Getting my pads off and like yeah. putting my fucking shoes on, like right. it's it's a nightmare. Yeah. It is one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. You're not rape is the last thing on you. If you were like the the most renowned, r- reputed, infamous rapist on the planet, right? You would take a night off yeah. after you tore your ACL. Yeah. Yeah, Ted, um,
1: Ted Bundy would be would be chilling after. Yeah,
0: uh, no one is going out. You're not. Ra- you're not playing. You're not raping through a torn ACL. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. Gonna, yeah, you're yeah. Sit, gonna sit you're, out. You're,
1: you're going to be on the injured list. Yeah. Um. No. I I tend to think that's absolutely right, and the whole thing just sounds so fucking ridiculous. And frankly, um, I don't know. I I'm not going to wax poetic about this whole issue. I don't know that much about it. But I think maybe the laws need to be stepped up a little bit with this whole, like, faking uh, accusations about shit, because if there's anything other than, like, false convictions and people actually facing punitive measures when they don't deserve it, if there's something other than that that's going to shake people's belief in the justice system, it's these continuous, you know, Johnny come lately, fucking I want to get rich or famous off this shit, Although faking crimes.
0: It seems like we're in a a much better position now to kind of sniff that out. That's true. Um, But then doesn't that uh, sort of
1: speak to let's strengthen our ability to also punish somebody if we can show that they did it?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure there, I mean, what are the, do we know what the... uh, Well, I certainly
1: wouldn't advocate, for example, like dropping 16 felony charges against somebody and just taking their $10,000 bail. Yeah,
0: that was insane. That, I'm very curious to see how that's going. Should we just jump
1: ahead uh, to that?
0: To to play out.
1: I guess we could jump ahead to that. Um... I mean, I thought it was great that Chris Rock and Tracy Morgan totally F- destroyed fanta-
0: him. Especially after they told him not to. Yeah, Chris Rock. At the Rock. NAACP Image Awards. I like how he completely refused to, to play by Which is by good. I rules. mean, look,
1: honestly, the great thing about comedy is that it's supposed to be stuff that you sort of don't talk about in polite conversation. You know what I mean? Like, part of the great thing about comedy is... And As someone makes, who's
0: never had a polite conversation, I can't. Uh, you know I what I mean. Really the, the, the terminology,
1: yeah. <laughs> the, the the term polite conversation, it's the stuff that fa- kind of falls in between the cracks of society. Yeah. That's what made Seinfeld so great. That's what makes Larry David's sense of humor so great. It's picking up on the kind of perverse things that exist that we don't tend to really either often think about consciously or, or maybe we actually consciously don't talk about and think about that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The fact that he was told not to talk about it, and then he said, "You know, he's Jesse.
0: He's <laughs> yeah. not Jesse anymore." Yeah, how stupid of a name is Jesse? Fucking so stupid. What I fucking smug hate that asshole shit, asshole I hated name. that
1: shit as soon as that story broke. I was, I was like, "Wait a minute. Is it? Is it? It's not Jesse? I thought his name was Jesse. Jesse. What's the fuck?" What bothered me? What bothered what the me? The fuck
0: is that? What bothered me the most about that situation is that even so, the way he was—you're talking about the charges getting dropped. Yeah, the the more the reaction to the charges getting dropped i wasn't the once you kind of do the math on it you're like i can totally see how they wound up dropping these charges like with the sealed shit and stuff he's for you know it it, it was it, it it almost
1: what do you mean you mean like he he paid
0: somebody off or something um, well, it's, I mean, no, I know he forfeited his, his, uh, bond. Yeah. Um, and apparently he did 16 whole hours of community service. Yeah, without Sharpton's the, fucking bullshit. Yeah, with charity. For, for the National Action Network. Yeah. Oh, I get me fucking started. Exactly. Right? Um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't stunned that it happened like that. I didn't think, I, didn't, I don't think it's right, but I wasn't, I wasn't shocked, shocked by it. Um, Given like sort, some of the characters in in play here, mm-hmm. what really bothered me about it was after the drug because because look you know for a nonviolent crime if you're a high profile uh, person. Uh, Things have kind of a way of falling in into place. Yeah, for Yeah, like
1: like Craig Carton getting three and a half years for uh... the, the
0: fucking million <laughs> million. The, the fucking judge says, "Hey, Craig, the first time, first time, long, long, long time. time, yeah." Wild. So don't do that in the fucking courtroom. That's ridiculous. Um, but uh, what bothered me about the Jussie thing was when people afterwards were acting as if he had been exonerated. Yeah. That that bothered me because it was oh, so absolutely. disingenuous. Oh, no. Zero and when question. he was saying things like, I always. I always knew the truth in my heart. Like, yeah. no, just shut up yeah. and be like. I got
1: too much of my mama in me to actually have pulled this like, off.
0: No, you're fucking. We know you're lying. Yeah. That's why it's the thing is so. No,
1: it, it drove me absolutely crazy that he had that ability to, like, spike the football outside of the courthouse yeah. and act like that he was he, totally, you know, put upon and that he's the victim the here look, and all this kind of shit. The look
0: on his face when he was standing there was the look of a man who had. I, I have, because I've been on the receiving end of this many times as a football player and in the Marine Corps. It was the look of a man who had just gotten a verbal dick punching? Yeah. So I'm sure whoever the judge was that oversaw the the little meeting that they do in front of the the bench with the lawyers probably looked at him and was like, "Okay, they seem to have come to to this agreement." And I'm sure whoever it was just ripped him because a lot of judges don't take a lot of shit on that stuff. Right. Like, um. But I, I'm interested to see they. Uh, I know there, there's like media outlets that are suing for the files to be unsealed, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the the city of Chicago is getting ready to to sue him. Mark Garagos, who is having a fantastic month of his own, yeah, um, with uh, douchebag Michael Avenatti, yeah. uh, is is represents Smollett and said that the city better not sue him. So I I wonder if I they, thought they
1: did sue
0: him. Well, I, I think the the city was saying they're going to, and Garagos said like if you do, we're gonna we're going to make we're going to fucking subpoena everybody and start asking a lot of questions. So I wonder if there is shit that's gone on sort of under the the radar involving like Chicago PD and the uh, mayor's I office think it's an empty others. threat.
1: I think it's bullshit. I think look, here's the problem. This is what made the fucking Smollett thing such a perfect crime. Okay, Chicago was the fucking perfect place to do it because. Magic country, yeah, exactly. The the whole thing is so ridiculous on its face, but when you think about it, it really was the perfect place to do it. Um, high profile, zero question about that. You know, a second city to the extent that you want to pick L.A. or Chicago, uh, right after New York, the the media capital of the country. Um, you've got uh, you know a a built in um, audience that clearly. Uh, Supports the show Empire. I mean, it's fucking it's shot terrible. there. And, what an awful... Sh- I've never, never actually it? seen it. No, oh, it sucks. I know it's very popular, it but uh, from sucks. what I understand, they shoot it in Chicago. The, it's a, a record company based there, right? Let
0: me tell you something. The only reason it is popular is because the black community got excited about there being a, a, like a, an all-black primetime right. show. Right. There is nothing the acting is terrible it's over the top garbage yeah. I tr- I made a very good faith effort when it first came out cause I was like oh there's gonna be a fucking there's gonna be a show on Fox about like rappers and stuff I'm sure there's gonna be all sorts of gangster shit going on like it's gonna be awesome and like take Terrence Howard looks like he's a fucking lunatic like, yeah. I was like this is gonna be a good show and like my brother and I made really like we made like appointment TV for the first few weeks and then we were just like this blows. Yeah. Like this just it's just a bad show. Right. And then I would go to uh go to work and like uh black guys that I'd I'd see at work would be like I'd hear them talking about how great empire was. And it it would it's like for all of the great black art that is out there. What, what do you need to lean on fucking empire for? Right.
1: Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I mean and look. I I, the the other thing about Chicago is It's really high profile and it struggles that it's had between its citizens and its police. Yeah. There's been a number of high profile incidents. Not but two, three months ago, a cop was acquitted for, um, you know, shooting dead a a black teenager uh, in in the course of a chase or arrest or whatever it may be. And um, Smollett's not dumb. The one thing that he's definitely not is dumb. And he knew what he was doing. Got a little bit of dumb in him that the, the the plot that he could to but too, see here's the thing I'm, I am so at, at, I'm so fucked up in my head now i'm starting to think that everything about it the fact that it was so over the top the fact that it was so ridiculous the fact that it was going to immediately bring to his side the, the entire other side you know what i mean like all these people on twitter that all they need to hear is certain little trigger terms and they're just like Ree! the fact that he mobilized that level of you know uh support on his one side almost it doesn't even matter what the truth is. Although, although i the, think the, the lie was so fantastic that it didn't really it matter to what happened. Of hitler's book
0: kind of um, i um i th- but i think most people little now- hitler smollett yeah <laughs> 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 he is there there you have it for- jesse smollett worse than he is literally yeah. hitler he's hitler jesse smollett is literally hitler. he's hitler he's in the bunker I- I think I mean at least from what I've seen on, online I would say the bulk of people believe that he's full of shit and even black people like I think a lot of them felt really let down when it, it when the the evidence was abundantly clear mm-hmm. I think there is a a chunk there the uh, I think the ones who are still kind of on his side are the the white apologists who will rush to that side, no matter what. Right. They don't. They don't care what the truth is because they're not interested in right. in the truth. They're interested in the outcome. The truth is,
1: white people are evil yeah, and have been it's, have it's, been pillaging yeah, the country it's, it's his, and its resources. It's
0: his truth. It's his truth. His truth. Uh, and then the other group is again the. Uh, I saw a t. Tw- there's a tweet about this. Um, that I'm not going to get word for word, but the spirit of it will kind of tell you that, like that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a young young black woman tweeted, "Y'all mad that Jussie got off? I'm mad that Trayvon is dead." Hashtag see the difference. Yeah. Uh, now a rational person can say that, yeah, Trayvon should probably still be alive. Two idiots collided with each other in Florida, where they're wild rules regarding what you can do. Uh, there's to, also to, no so, shortage of idiots. Yeah, employer. and with yeah, it's the, the dumbest state in the country and they have crazy rules. Something terrible happened and an overzealous prosecutor went for a murder charge instead of a manslaughter charge and that's that's how that happened. I think you could be a rational person and say, yeah, Trayvon should probably we, we would like if he could grow up and, and eat all the skittles and drink all the Snapple he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona but, it was it was Ice tea? Yeah. Oh, it was uh, it's an Arizona. He was an movie. Arizona guy. Interesting. Snapple so much better. Yeah. Um, but also,
1: to, I don't. You know, do you really need that sugary of a drink with your Skittles? But I mean, he's a teenager. We they digress. Have, they have
0: incredibly fast metabolism. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But I think you can also like I can say yeah I don't I have n- no desire for Trayvon Martin to be dead, mm. but I also think that Jesse Smollett is an asshole who made something up and wasted police resources yeah. in the most like the most violent city in the country. And
1: don't forget, now he's Jesse.
0: Yeah, Jesse. we
1: used to say Jesse out of respect. Now it's Jesse, and Tracy Morgan. Uh, well, on I the Tonight his. Show. What did he do? He I was on I think Tracy he was on Morgan. Fallon, and he said something like. <laughs> i think what he said was yeah empire gave me a role gave me a guest role on the show the only thing i didn't have to the only thing i had to do was not fake a hate crime in chicago with a couple of white dudes or
0: something like that i mean the, yeah how did i mean in the age of uber eats how does your fucking how does your lie start with It was two a.m. and I was hungry, so I decided to leave the house again. This day,
1: I'm telling you, I think that it's it's some of those, it's one of those like you know counterintuitive things where I think the guy's smart like a fox, and he knew that there actually was something to making it totally fucking ridiculous. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm giving him too much credit, and he actually just ran off the plug twice. To me, it
0: sounded you know what? To me, it sounded very like a. He he approached the plot as though he were writing a script for a bad TV show. Yeah, and I think like it. That's what it felt like to me. Like when he was putting it putting together the whole thing, he's like, "Yeah, why would I be out at that time of night? So I was getting something innocent. I was hungry. <laughs> I was getting a. Sa- and what happened? Like, and they yelled, this is MAGA country.' Like, yeah. It was all like it all read like something out of a, a bad like, uh, Also,
1: what is this? Five years ago? Nobody eats at Subway anymore. Come on, what ah, are we talking about here? Way. Nobody yeah. eats at Subway. Um, going back to some of the other things we already mentioned, uh, since it kinda relates a little bit on like, you know, the race relations front. Um so Ron Darling says yes, in his book. Perfect. Whatever it is. How many what is it? 180, oh, 180 stitches, one hundred and eight stitches, one hundred and eight stitches. 108 108 I stitches. I
0: like I was just reading the article about that. I like when he made his statement. Uh, like about Darling, the backlash against it when Dykstra and everything. Okay, he includes the name of the book of in his he statement does. because he is savvy enough yeah. that he's got to get the plug in there. Yeah, because he's going to be doing less media now that he's kind of his lawyers have like gagged him. Right, uh, but he's like, you know, I still got to get the fucking title out there so they know what to look for on Amazon. Look, he the, he's clearly
1: um, Darling is cold blooded, has no issue. Uh, doing what he's got to do to get paid he's has fucking, no issue. He's tall too, right? Oh uh, yeah, is a guy who you seen him in person. I haven't, but you know went went to Yale. Tall was you know uh, a good looking guy, uh, a little puffy nowadays. Who isn't as they get a little older, but you know uh, clearly has done well for himself. And I guess it's not enough because there's some things that even for a guy like Ron Darling aren't sacred. And look. Leaving aside for a second, the Lenny Dykstra and what he did or didn't say uh, before, you know, game, what, what was that? Game two of the World Series? Um, I can't remember now. I don't know it that well. I, I should know as a Mets fan, but, I mean, I was one years old. What do you want from me? Um, the whole thing with Bob Murphy, I thought was really fucked up. He I told the story about how they had, like, some meeting before the NLCS or something like that, and Bob Murphy was like, drunk as fuck and passed out on a trainer's table or
0: something Sounds like that. That's pretty awesome.
1: And I'm like, yeah, first of all, I got no problem with that. Second of all, why the fuck are you talking bad about Bob Murphy? Like, the guy's dead. Did you
0: say anything bad? Is that bad, though? Uh, it doesn't make him look good? Uh, I don't yeah, to me, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> all right. I, I operate at a different speed than a lot of people. Sure, and I get this. that. And like I'm not, re-
1: I'm trying to actually pay deference to that. I'm trying to say, fine, that's cool. I, I, I get what you're saying. Like those and two, like those from two. like a ride or die perspective, you know, like a guy who's hard living and, and an old school broadcaster who's going to fucking tip one back and then still go on air and the show must go on. I get all that. But there's other people that are going to say, you know what, that's fucked up that you're airing out dudes, uh, you know, dirty laundry like that. So
0: uh, this. This reminds me because the way he the way he titles his book is like it's about like the outrageous characters that he he came across. Yeah. So it almost at least from a the title perspective, it doesn't even sound like he's criticizing the behavior. He's just kind of saying, hey, he, let me give you an inside look at no, baseball as a, a sport of eccentric be, characters. Yeah, let I me think that give he you would a, be a look.
1: I think he'd be hypocritical if he was trying to criticize somebody yeah. for, you know, look, that whole team was hard drinking were, and hard partying and all well, that kind of saying, stuff. I
0: have uh, the two Jeff Perlman books. Yeah. Uh, though He did the one about the Cowboys in the uh, the 90s, and he did the Mets in, in 86. The Bad
1: Guys won. I won that. I read that book.
0: Yeah, they're both, they're both great books. Um, but, like, those teams, like, I feel like there's almost like a, uh, if you're a sports fan, you look back at teams like that with, like, you kind of revere them because no zero question. You you know that we we won't get to enjoy that anymore. Right, like the sports End used to era. be this like this kind of haven for we didn't need It didn't need to be LeBron playing with little kids and having a ch- you could be the assholes who were walking around the chartered uh, Delta flight with. Uh, with uh, fucking Salisbury steaks strapped to your your feet, or you could be like Charles Haley taking his his massive dick out and jerking off in Joe Montana's face in the locker room. It's like if you're a f- like a, a fan of good defensive football, that just makes you love Charles Haley even right, more. Right. So I wonder oh, how. Was that the Pro Bowl, by the way? No, it was. Uh, Haley came to the Cowboys from the 49ers. Oh, the 49ers okay. were, like, desperate to get rid of him. Gotcha. And the Cowboys needed one last piece on their defense yeah. to put him over the top. And, yeah. And that was it. Um. So I wonder if, <laughs> you know. His m- massive. <laughs> huge. And he also, fuck did he do. He, uh, he like, stripped completely naked during a, a defensive team meeting left, took a shit, wiped his ass with a newspaper, and came in and, like, threw it at a coach. Or, like, he made a diaper out of newspapers or something like that, and shit. He was a fucking maniac. What the fuck? Yeah, the NFL was awesome back in the day. Wow, I'm really troubled by that. Um, No, look. Michael Irvin held fucking, almost slit someone's throat, a rookie's throat in the locker room because he cut him in line for a haircut one Holy day. Holy shit. Like, this is sports like it ought to be. Yeah, that's the sports like yeah. it ought to be. That's
1: true. Now, look, I've always said that there should be a movie made about the uh, 86 Mets. That'll maybe there amazing. should be one about the uh, mid-90s mid Cowboys, too. But um, as far as the whole uh, Earl Oil Can Boyd story, and that apparently Dykstra was trying to get in his head, and then maybe he said some, uh, you know, illicit racial terms from the dugout circle I don't know I mean I if it did or didn't happen you know it was 30 some odd years ago who knows um you know guys like Gooden and Strawberry and Kevin Mitchell have actually come out in defense of Dykstra now uh Boyd basically said he didn't remember it happening but that he didn't necessarily find it shocking uh yeah, considering it's Lenny Dykstra. Dykstra if
0: you you do if you say Lenny Dykstra and ethnic slurs in the same sentence everyone assumes it's true
1: right so, I, I don't know, but I I do feel as though, um, and this is really my overall reaction to the entire thing, and, and you can feel free uh, to feel differently, I think that Darling's kind of a pussy for telling all these stories. Like, I really? think that it's, yeah, it's kind of like, dude, you don't have enough fucking money, you don't have like a happy enough life, like you don't have a great enough job, you need to go out there and air all this dirty laundry and like tell all these stories from like your like, you know, how would you like it if somebody did the same thing about, you know, I don't know, here's a good question, uh as a bit of a comparison i guess that whole documentary that's out right now um about the marines and they have that you know inside look where the guy really gave like a true what uh oh they wrote about this. it on barstool that guy chaps you know wrote oh, about it.
0: oh oh, the one from uh afghanistan
1: yeah where they, it's ch- like, it's like real check it's like real image it's like real footage that yeah. i guess he took and apparently it even shows marines getting hurt possibly getting killed. Yeah. Um it's considered controversial in how raw of a look it gives you at that life.
0: Yeah, I, I think well, I think I think we should yeah, absolutely. look, if we're going to send people to places like that, then we should be able to stomach the result. Yeah. Um but no, um I So you mean, think it's
1: a good thing then that people have access to that um
0: Yeah, as I mean as like obviously any, candid
1: of a look at something yeah, like n- that. Yeah,
0: nothing that would affect operational security, obviously. Um, you know, anyway,
1: maybe in that respect, it's a bad example, because like you said, there's still people, nobody's like deciding whether or not to get into the life of 1980s baseball. So that's not, um, uh, my my point is it's almost like kissing and telling, you know what I mean? Like, why do you need to do that? Darling? Like you had a great life in baseball. You have a life that's continuing to benefit you because of your time in baseball. Why are you airing out dirty laundry? To sell a fucking book?
0: Yeah. I I wonder, I wonder again, like, because I
1: thought he was better than that.
0: I wonder again if, from his perspective, it's—obviously, I, I'd, I, I'd have to see what the rest of the stories are in this. He may have—if this was a paragraph in in a book about a million outrageous things that happened— and Lenny Dykstra it can't keep his name out of the fucking headlines. He's running a flop house in Linden. <laughs> he's fucking pulling guns on Uber drivers. Again, I love what Lenny Dykstra is up to. He's like
1: you're a big fan of his content I, these days.
0: Nails is one of my favorite members of of that. He's like up there with Keith as yeah. one of my favorite members of uh, right of that team. Like he was like a backbone guy. Sure. He's like fucking slamming home runs. Absolutely. A lead-off hitter. Yeah. He's getting his uniform dirty. I mean, he's great. Um, so I wonder if, uh, and I'll have to. I'm definitely. I, I got to read the book now. Yeah. Um, see, I, see what I'm talking about. I like, won- darling knew what he fuck he was doing. But I wonder. I wonder if.
1: And it was great when Dykstra made fun of him on uh, K. Did you hear that? He went on K to defend himself, Michael
0: K. I, I don't listen to Michael K.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't either. Yeah, no, Let me just no, put no. that out there. <laughs> How dare you insinuate that I do? Um, I saw the clip on Twitter, goddammit. No, but uh, it was great when he was like, um, he was like, yeah, darling, darling. We used to call him, I called him Yale Boy. We, we, we He doesn't like us. We didn't get along with him. He went to Yale. Uh, Yale Boy. That's what I always called him, Yale Boy. And it was great. I was so fired up that he said that.
0: That's cool. Look, I mean, oh, he he did do kumia uh, this week, so I'll I'll listen I'll listen on there. Yeah, um, it more you know, age or appro- personality appropriate right. for me. Um, fucking Michael K. <laughs> um, You're a huge Michael K guy. You oh, know, I'm blocked by him on Twitter. Are you good
1: for you? Yeah, I said something about like there was a uh, it was years ago. I was still working the board for the Mets radio broadcast and something happened at the end of the Yankees game where like somebody got called out at a bang, bang play at third base or something. And he was like bitching and moaning about the call or something like that. And I said something like, you know, God forbid Michael K actually show like an ounce of um, impartiality. while he's, he's a tool, you know, calling the game or whatever. And he blocked me as a result. There's,
0: There's just, there is nothing redeeming about any of the Yankees broadcast anything. No, it's just terrible. No. Um, no, I want, but I wonder if from Ron's perspective, this was just like, ah, eh, make make a couple bucks. I'll tell some old stories. Hey, it's fu- it's fucking Lenny Dykstra. It's the '86 Mets. It everything is kind of already out there that these guys were a bunch of loose cannon maniacs. So, f- fucking drop of water in the ocean, nobody gives a shit. You know, I want yeah. like I wonder what his his approach was. You know, I Lenny, honestly, yeah. I'll
1: tell you this much. I felt that way. I basically had that exact same, I was like right on that same track as you when it comes to the whole issue with this oil oil can Boyd story, until I heard about the fact that he talked about Bob Murphy being passed out in the locker room or something. That's the moment when I was like, fuck you, Ron Darling. Like, shut your fucking mouth. What, you don't have enough money? You don't have a great enough job? You have to go out there and like air all this dirty laundry to fucking sell a book? Fuck out of here.
0: I'm going to have to check out that story, because it sounds pretty cool.
1: I love Bob Murphy. I love,
0: but I love that there was a time when that was okay. Like that was just a. Th- oh yeah, Bob Murphy's wasted on a trade. Yeah, but who table. didn't
1: figure that that was happening? You know what I mean? Like that's great, but at the same time, like I don't need to hear that from you, Ron Darling. You see, know what I, lo- I mean, like, all right.
0: See, uh, yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. Like I love I I love hearing that still – Like I like kind of like. Uh, like I enjoy it. Like I'm 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 offput and offended by the way we've sanitized sports again. I was just, you know, revering Charles Haley for defecating right. in a newspaper during a defensive team meeting, so I look at these things slightly different. Sure. Um but uh yeah, I I don't like I it does not tar- in any way tarnish um the image of of Bob Murphy or any of these guys for me to hear that they were they were maniacs i want i want my sports to be filled with as many maniacs as possible mm-hmm. and like just the, the way everything is just so sanitized and boring and stupid these days just that i find far more offensive than anything that uh, that ron could have put in this book
1: yeah, and again, I, you know, I, I want to be clear that there's not an ounce of any of at There's nothing so about Bob Murphy that offends me. There's nothing about him so you're more bothered, drinking. You're
0: more bothered by the profit motive.
1: Yeah, and like, like you're fucking okay. like lowdown scumbag. Like, I, I, oh, they'll like this one. Oh, my producers will get a quick note out of this one. Yeah. Oh, the newspapers will pick this one up. I know because I work for SNY. <laughs> I went to Yale I'm a great. I know. I really know how to promo a book. So this is it for you and Ron. I used to love Ron, man. I I, I I love. I love Cohen, uh, Darling, and Keith. I think it's a great booth. But I've always been a little suspicious of Ron because he also has that, like, fucking bullshit, like, you know, um, bleeding heart liberal act that he loves to pull out <laughs> in the booth. He, and it, it, they it, talk it, about it started to bother me a little bit over the last two, three years. And I think this was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back, where I'm like, fuck you,
0: Ron, darling. What kind of fucking stuff do they, uh, do they talk about that he even gets on that? I've never... I've I never can't remember.
1: I honestly can't remember. I listened. I watched so many fucking Mets games that, yeah. you know, it's you get to know these guys because they're, they're talking to yeah, you fucking like, every listen, day like for hours on it.
0: 180 podcasts exactly,
1: and uh, to the extent that Keith will every now and then let the cat out of the bag, that he's not exactly on the same end of the spectrum as Darling. Oh, um, Keith is certainly Darling on, on some spectrum, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darling being the Yale graduate who's from Hawaii certainly shows through, uh, in its own way as well. Let me yeah. tell you. So, I think this is maybe the, the straw that broke the camel's back. All right, um, last podcast, obviously. I, you know, uh, made some news. I announced some things about my life. A great deal of faggotry. Great deal of faggotry. (laughs) So I want to take the uh, opportunity to comment on some issues involving gay things that bother me. Because, hey, shit. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Um, This show is number one. Actually, you beat me to it. Thank you. I got that out of the way. Um, There was a gay couple that this is fucking really weird. They used one of the two guys. Mothers as their surrogate.
0: I saw this story.
1: To have their their child. And How do you get I it up I think that's for your really mom.
0: fucking weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't You're not even into terrible? pussy,
0: and then you gotta go. You gotta get it up for that pussy. Yeah,
1: that's fucking really <laughs> fucking weird. Um, no, but seriously, I I just I wonder sometimes. Like, the interesting thing to me is what drives people to want to have kids yeah like (laughs) you and me both like no no because i'm not i'm not saying that i don't necessarily want to have them uh i what i'm saying is i've thought for a long time now and i guess i've had a lot of time to think about it because of the fact that you know chris and i have been together and that i've had sort of like you know years to consider that i'm not going to be getting anybody pregnant
0: I've thought a lot about like you know adoption. So you don't have like a chick that you would be like, if we want to have one, she'd. she'd I actually asked Chris,
1: um, you know, what he thought about like the whole notion of like surrogacy, yeah. and if that was something. You know, first of all, it's very expensive if you were going to go the route of like you know hiring somebody to be a surrogate for you. Well,
0: yeah, I was going to say it's like it's like what was it was like a twenty Gs or something. Yeah, like
1: that. unfortunately, uh, adoption's not fucking cheap either. Yeah. So, um, but I I don't know. I've thought a lot about this, and I think that. You know, in a lot of ways, um, adoption is something that should be considered more by a lot of people because, like, what is it really to raise somebody? You know what I mean? Like, is it just that, like, you need to are we not like sort of have we not moved on as a society potentially from, like. I me need put my DNA yeah. uh, continue
0: out well, there, line, Yeah, but there is you know, and, and there's, and there's, there's some people that want that, yeah, right? And, and I get it, fine, that's cool. Support, that that sure. people
1: want that, and I understand. But like you know, for me, I guess there's something potentially beyond that too that goes into why it is you want to have kids. You give the and kid a life. And yeah, it, it's it. it's your common experience. It's it's your, um, you know, the things that matter to you and what you've learned about life and how you've experienced these kinds of emotions and these connections and this, that, the other. And you impart that on some other living thing to then carry on some kind of legacy that's beyond just your genetic material perpetuating itself. It's beyond that. It's, it's something more refined. And so... I don't know. I, I've often thought that adoption was the way that I really wanted to go because of that in a way. Like, there's so many kids out there that would otherwise be um, potentially living in, like, foster homes or some situation that's, you know, really not that great for a young person to be in where they're not really getting that kind of connection. They're not getting that kind of, like, you know, personalized attention that young people need. At least I think so. Um, so, I don't know. I've thought a lot about that. And that, and that sort of struck me. It's like, Wow you're going so far as to ask your own poor mother to to womb a child
0: yeah. when do you think uh, there's
1: so many people out there that need that love and support
0: so do you think that they like approached and asked or if this was the kind of thing because there are there are, I've noticed there are families that have like these bizarrely like weird and close relationships with each other where you know I could totally see a mother under like a a woman under some circumstances, like, volunteering yeah, fucking, I, like, and well, wanting I mean, I, that. Like, I know that like, in hey. this particular
1: situation that they had other friends who yeah. were willing to do it. So it wasn't like it was just, you know, oh, this is our only option, and we're up the they creek financially, yeah. and this, that, the other. So I think that would be like, framed in a totally different way. And, yeah, I mean, it it it'd still be like, weird, but.
0: It, so it sounds like she was, would have to be, in that case, a, a, an overly willing participant
1: I guess so, or somebody on some level had to prefer that option, whether it was the How two old guys. How is the
0: mother? Is that even a safe? Uh, I mean, I I
1: wondered that to be honest with you, because I mean, it looked like she was at least in her, uh, I thought like fifties, but I mean, geez, I don't know. I guess it's not. Very
0: odd to, I'm Very mean, strange. Yeah, I'm not. Very an, unsettling. I'm not an OBGYN. so I I
1: found it, it unsettling. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, yeah, uh, one day, like if. You know, like, obviously, if my ex-girlfriend and I had stayed together and gone down that road, I totally would have one day wanted to, you know, pop a couple out with her. Um, I assume that if I meet a chick that I want to marry and spend the rest of my life with, it'll be a thing. You know, I'd love to, you know, have a couple kids to teach football to and all of that. Right. And there is... I see a a certain, you know, again, like, It's from an evolutionary perspective, that biological urge to, to perpetuate the species and pass down your DNA... We definitely haven't – that has not been bred out of us yet by a long
1: shot. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it has. I'm not saying that it should. I I don't think
0: we have the ability to make the rational decision to choose not to or – I think so. I mean, look, I I think that there's
1: um, something to be said for if you are a member of the LGBT community and you consider yourself – Um, Enlightened to the notion that there's uh, people who are born the way that they're born and in some way it makes them divergent from the way other people live and this, that, the other and all this kind of stuff, then you can also have the refined enlightenment to say, hey, you know what? Guess this is true also where there's people who are born into situations where. Their parents weren't ready to raise them yeah. where, you know, their parents didn't have the resources that they would have needed to to this, that, the other thing. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, uh, abandonment, orphan, all this kind of stuff. There's so many people out there who need the love and support that you could potentially provide. Is that outweighed by some inherent instinct that has you needing to put your DNA out there into the gene pool? Maybe. Maybe it is. Yeah, but I, I'm not so sure, and, and it just kind of always makes me wonder. I think about it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say, oh, what would it be to have a surrogate and actually have yeah. somebody out there who would look like me or whatever. But I don't think it matters to me as much as it matters to me to like be somebody's dad.
0: You I know what I'm you. saying. Do you see like all right? So like um, in in my family, my mother frequently uses the phrase like you guys are all montoned by blood i'm a montone by marriage right there's a big difference (laughs) um and there is so do you think part of it is the desire to really keep like there are things that you will have in common with blood you know blood kin that you'll never have to someone who was sort of legally brought into the family
1: uh, you're asking me to think along with somebody who is preferring to have like a surrogate or yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: looking and saying, you know, I really would like to have my own child. Like, I want to see those genes go on because there are there are things about, you know, in my case, the Montone family mm. that exists in our DNA that I I value, and I would like to I would like to raise a child who from that start, if yeah. if zero is if your zero is going to be your family's DNA and you are uh, you look fondly upon that and then some people might not that might be the opposite of it right. some people might say look i come from a long line of you know alcoholic dickheads who you know beat their wives and their kids right. i i don't i don't want to create another one of yeah, those Yeah i don't know I that give...
1: that's interesting I, I don't think i've ever really thought about it um i think if i it, it, you know gun to my head right now um the thing that i think about the only uh Feature, I guess, that jumps out is that my family tends to have like pretty nice blue eyes. Um, But other than that, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of athleticism on the flipping side. I think that, you know, as much as I love my Mitchell brothers and sisters, I think that kind of got canceled out with some of my mom's uh, uh, DNA coming Washed through. Washed out. Yeah, um, that's rough. You know, uh, I, have, I, have I chastised my mom for, for my height and my speed before? Yeah, maybe once or twice. I mean, uh, just, things have happened. Every time but, I <laughs>
0: make a student loan payment, if my fucking father had been, had been 6'3 and weighed about another 40 pounds.
1: So, you know, look, uh, we joke, we kid, we have some fun. But, um... I don't know. I, I tend to think about, you know, and, and this is going to come off as, like, really fucking corny and cheesy. And I honestly didn't even mean it to. But, like, I think about more, like, the way my parents raised me and the way my family is in terms of wanting to pass things on. Not, like, what I look like or what I – I mean, God, I mean, let's get real here. I mean, come on. No, we're talking, what are we talking about? Nah, don't like. tell yourself. Sure. <laughs> I'm having some fun. Hey, But wait, my what? point is –
0: one of us is in a healthy long-term relationship (laughs)
1: well i mean look there's something to be said for um you know what it what it is you have going on and having the wherewithal and the privilege and i think that term is appropriately used here to be able to say eh you know what i think i would like to be able to raise kids it doesn't always work out for people that way yeah you know what i mean and and i understand that but um I don't know. I I, I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot because I've I've thought that adoption is maybe and this is sort of like existential thought in a way, but it's almost like, okay, maybe that's why I was put on this path and why I was sort of like led down this particular life, because there are people out there who need homes and need to be raised. And it's not just about the next people being born it's about people that are already being born you know what i'm saying like that type of way of looking at it it doesn't mean that it's wrong to use surrogates it's just like damn do you really need to have your own mom like carry a child the mom
0: part is what's weird for me and it
1: it started me thinking about that whole thing again that's my point
0: like if you and you and chris were to like grab you have a you know like a trusted female friend who was like i would love to do it for you guys you know fucking you know it's one of you give me a load in a turkey baster let's right. get this done right um, would you then be like oh yeah this does make uh, this does make sense you know we're going to do it at cost i don't and, think uh,
1: i'm like opposed to it you know yeah. what i mean like that's the thing like i actually asked him just not that long ago i said what would you think about because we've never really talked about surrogacy
0: we've talked a lot about adoption and um and would i i do also want to ask would he look kindly on you as a bisexual actually engaging in the physical uh Conception, um, I may very you well. Be able to correct you? I feel like yeah, if you do go that so I route, may, since you since, have to. Hey, look, you well, got to bring
1: that to the come table. Come on, it's the podcast. Yeah. We like to have fun. We like to talk. We like to be candid. I may have asked him if you know what he would consider, it, and I may have mentioned a few of his female friends in particular as uh as as options. Yeah, I may have. You know, <laughs>
0: I I, I, I wouldn't like be opposed. That's, yeah, that's the big advantage. That's how a so, child yeah. is.
1: I mean, you make a child with that's some how, love.
0: That's how it works. Yeah. I, I've, I've actually pondered. I I know a couple of like reasonably attractive lesbians, and I'm always like, you know what? I should probably let them know that if they ever like, you know, <laughs> because sometimes you you can go out to a fucking Italian restaurant every weekend for dinner, but sometimes you want to try Indian food. That's true. If they ever want, you know, wanted to try, you know, happily. Uh, I avail think what you should do is
1: and, I don't know how many of those women it is that you know, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it's like four. Okay. I think you should send those four women a message. And the message should say, if you ever want to try Indian, just let me know. Yes. And chances are they'll be confused and not know what that means. Yeah, and and I don't
0: know if I really the more I think about it, uh, riding the PATH train and NJ Transit buses around here, I don't know if I want to associate my genitals with such a stinky <laughs> people. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Industrious but You malodorous. know what's interesting? I this is this is
1: Strange or not strange, it's just life. But I find myself very, very attracted Indian to Asian women.
0: Oh yeah, well, fuck yeah, but not welcome to the welcome to the club. Yeah, we're that, all in it. <laughs> we're all in it, right? Is yeah, that is, is that everybody? Fucking exotic and subservient. They are so fucking sexy. Every once in a while, the
1: Path Train is a great place to see some really sexy Asian women.
0: I don't. I see a lot of Indian chicks.
1: That's interesting. I'd I don't see know lot if it's the like, stops that Asians. I'm taking or whatever, but I see a lot of straight-up really? Asians. Oh, I yeah. I don't
0: see as much of that. I see fuckloads of Indian chicks. Well, I, I like, in, if you get an attractive Indian girl...
1: Now, see, that's the thing. I've never really been that into Indian chicks, but you're a big Indian girl, uh, a big Indian chick I, uh
0: I've only been with one. It was down in D.C. when I was in the Marine Corps. I was way younger. I actually I met this chick at a club. Mm-hmm. And she says that she's in town looking at grad schools, and, uh, we start making out, and, uh, I'm gonna give, like, the very abbreviated version of this story. Okay. But, um, Don't skip over the good parts. I will... Actually, you know what? Let me take a piss, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: All right, that's the end of part one. I'll have part two coming up in just a few days on RadioMisfits.com. Heaven's very good. The most American podcast ever created. Rumpus time is over. Oh, here's your lesson.
0: Oh, there <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, it can't keep his name out of the fucking headlines. He's running a flop house in Linden. <laughs> he's fucking pulling guns on Uber drivers. I love what Lenny Dykstra is up to. Big fan of his content these days. It, it nails. He's like up there with Keith as yeah. one of my favorite members of that team. Like he was like a backbone fucking slamming home runs. Absolutely. Lead all hitter. Yeah. Getting his uniform dirty. I mean, he's great. I got to read the book now. See what I'm talking about? I like wouldn't. Darling
1: knew what the fuck he was doing. And it was great when Dykstra made fun of him on uh, K. Did you hear that?
0: I, I don't listen to my
1: Okay, well, (laughs) I don't either. How dare you insinuate that I do? (laughs) Saw the clip on Twitter, goddammit. Yeah, darling. I called him Yale
0: Boy. We didn't get along with him. That's what I always called him, Yale Boy. I was so fired up that he said that. Brothers and sisters, we can't let Big Pot in the door.
1: I have limited weed. You're not very smart, and you
0: smoke a lot of pot. I have limited weed. There are people who depend on marijuana, and they're unable to get it. Marijuana, it was a bit of an Achilles heel, the NFL suspension. What do you tell a kid if he gets busted for pot? Um. Well, first of
1: all, I don't agree that it was an Achilles heel. I kind of think it was more like uh, spinach for Popeye. Obviously, there's rules you have to follow, um, and so
0: don't get in trouble like I did. Uh, that's what I tell
1: Are all good and they they've done that i don't even think new jersey's been prosecuting weed related stuff since um i think october of last year
0: they had um they'd kind of hit the um the pause button on it but then i think they i think they started, they started up again. again i think so but they're now the the new thing is they're not training police dogs in the state to sniff uh, for weed, sniff for like burning... like well I guess what we considered a small amount mm. like a burning joint or something right, like that. Right. Right. Um. But do you? I, I mean, I feel like now this is going to be a. a you know, protracted fucking saga because he's talking about there might not even be a, a vote on it until the fall, so we can probably probably take our time with that one. Because you had you're I was looking at your list of topics. There's some, there's some solid shit in there. Yeah, are, are we rolling? Yeah, I got the, uh, I got the
1: thing going. No, the only thing I was gonna say was that as, and we don't, we're right. We could, we could put the pause in, in the large sense on, um, uh, oh, my boyfriend Chris was telling me to get jewel pods on the way home. Yay.
0: What do you guys like? You guys are like cool teenagers, yeah,
1: right? Exactly. I don't smoke jewel. However, I did get a oil pen for weed. Those are good shit. Oh know? man, am I a huge fan? I like yeah. I am a huge fan. I, mean, I should have brought it, those. but I um, I hate to travel with it because like one of them I had in the past, it got turned upside down and then the oil like clogged the mouthpiece and it was just right. like
0: see, yeah, see, I'm anal about like I'll I if I'm not using it, I take it apart. Like I take the I take the, uh, the
1: and then put the over. caps back on the yeah, container. Yeah. yeah. See, I guess I could obviously have done that, but I didn't. Um, all right. So we won't spend a lot of time on the weed thing. We'll we'll discuss that some other day. But yeah, so I, I will say, I, I don't
0: know if either of us is even like read up enough on the specifics of it to. Uh, well, all
1: I'll say is this: the whole notion of like you know, uh, weed should be like owned by. That weed distribution, weed distribution, should be owned by the people that were affected most by its policies, and that you know there's a um, outsized number of people of color that were affected negatively by the policies of weed and all this kind of stuff. It's just so sophomoric and naive because if you have. Like any other situation that you want to consider that's similar, like, for example, the prohibition of alcohol. It's not like when they finally said, all right, this whole prohibition thing isn't working out for alcohol. They said, you know, the, the winos and drunks in the on the corner should be the ones that yeah. run the beer district. It was Budweiser and Miller and Anheuser and all this kind of stuff and, and conglomerates that are going to make money in a marketplace that then gets legalized. You know, what had been black market is no longer and, and places like Jack Daniels aren't, you know, made in a, a bathtub. They're made in, you know, industrial sized uh, swills or yeah, whatever the I term is. I
0: don't, I don't know that. I don't know if like, that's like, I think they're, they're more worried about it. Like uh, turning out like, the, like the tobacco companies or they're being like, just like a very small, like alcohol. They're, they're the big ones. And then there's like craft brewers and shit like that. Right. Um, with, tobacco it seems to be kind of more monopolized I think there is something to be said though if if we're going to if this, it's going to be it sh- or it should be a fucking cash cow then if people have been operating these businesses really in neighborhoods where you know there's economic strife um, and those are the people who you know black and brown are arrested more often for uh, this kind of shit I don't. I don't have a problem with finding. A it's way. Funny, of
1: course. I I've been arrested for weed, and so has my brother. I don't know any of my black friends that have, but just you know, anecdotal, anecdotal. Just putting it out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I know through like football and shit. I know a uh, handful in the Marine Corps and stuff. It's it it runs pretty rampant, and I mean, I I don't I just don't I don't take issue with the idea that we'd be like, all right, look, if we can, you know, if we can clean up fucking Brownsville by uh, teaching these guys to. Uh, to do this and run, run a business in their, in their, I think the, the concern is like in a, say a place like Newark or Camden, that people who have lived in the community and have been getting arrested for pot for, for decades are like, hey, you're gonna legalize this now and all of a sudden, uh, like an outside company is going to come in, sell the exact same thing in our neighborhood. And we're not going to be able to compete with them because we're just going to be outmaneuvered financially to a ridiculous degree. So I think if if you can give them a foot to start, start from and encourage, you know, small, again, the local small business ownership from the get-go, I think it's a good thing. I don't like the idea of, like, mandating... Hey, X number of businesses have to be... because that's, Well,
1: that's look, just you know it's going to be regulated seven ways from Sunday. So, I mean, yeah, it's not like there's not going to be um, laws like there are for liquor stores and, you know, uh, hours that you have to maintain and, and then the way that you get a license to actually sell the stuff versus selling it on a distribution level, retail versus wholesale, all this kind of stuff. There's going to be laws in place. If somebody's going to own a weed distribution place on the corner, they're probably going to be somewhat similar to, you know, somebody who owns a liquor store or something like that. It, But this whole notion, just the whole notion that like, oh, we have to make up for past sins and, and people that have been victimized by policy uh, via a vice, which, look, I enjoy the vice. Do you
0: consider it a vice, though? I do. Really? Yeah. I I see it as, I honestly, I look at it as, as almost on par with uh, coffee.
1: Hmm. Uh, it just to me, it's an inebriant, and I've always really? felt that way. See, I, so
0: I I look at it as a complete. It depends complete on what
1: thing. we're talking about. If it's CBD, that's a totally different story. Oh, I'm,
0: I'm talking about even even THC. Yeah.
1: See, to me, that's an inebriant.
0: Um, I th- I think it. I mean, you know, we're at a point now where they're doing such fantastic things with agriculture that like you can fucking get a strain that does anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely stuff that gets you whacked out of your mind. But like I use like, to, you know, phys- oh, yeah, you physically.
1: know, you know that you're preaching to the choir on that. You know that I don't have any problem with I don't have any problem having a beer. I don't have any problem oh, yeah. having uh, See, wine. You know what I mean? But, like to me, they're all in the same category. So, well,
0: alcohol is I mean, it's a central nervous system depressant. So it all, all alcohol leads you down the same road. Um, some of it is just more concentrated than others, so you have to consume, you know, different amounts. Uh, well,
1: Look at you getting chemist on us right hey, now. Hey
0: man, I, I have, uh, I have taken a, a number of. I used my GI bill to get a fucking um, exercise science degree. From, really? From Bergen. So yeah, to take a bunch of nutrition. Oh, good diet,
1: for you. That's cool. Yeah. You.
0: Um. But yeah, with um, with pot, like it just it seems like it, depending on what kind you're using, mm-hmm. it does. So many different things. Which make
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't necessarily have a super passionate take on the subject. I mean, if you were to really like sit me down and uh, explain all the different ways that you look at it as more akin to coffee than like beer and all that kind of stuff, you could probably convince me. I'm just telling you, like you know, for years that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. Again, everything within moderation. You know what I mean? Like if I I pound coffee all day, I'm gonna feel like shit too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I looked at it like that for a long time as well, and then it became like this. Fucking computer's driving me nuts.
1: The computer's driving him nuts, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Fucking audacity keeps freezing. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. For I, I mean, again, like I, I feel like we're. uh, pulling a lot of this out of our uh, our asses here, but... Um, That's the
1: best stuff. Yeah. That's the best kind. This has been a Flippin' Out Radio production.
0: The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at Radiomisfits.com. Thank you.